You're listening to the Mess and Mercy podcast with Katie Sanders, where you'll be inspired to grow in your walk with Jesus and live out your God-purpose life by faith and obedience. Now, here's your host, Katie Sanders. Hey, everybody. It's Katie. So glad y'all came back and joined for another episode. Today, I want to talk about obedience. If um, you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, leave a comment, um, subscribe to the channel. The more people that subscribe, the more um, comments, feedback, reviews that we get, the more um, iTunes will push the episode and the more people that can come in contact with the word. And that is the goal. So do that. But today we're going to talk about obedience. And I'm going to tell you all this quick little story. So I went to Chick-fil-A yesterday and got a salad and they, you know, when they're super busy, um, their staff will come out and take orders way back in the line and do all the things to make the service as quick and um, as pleasing as possible. And this girl came up, she took my order, I paid and I got to the window and the girl handed me my salad and I said, thank you, have a good day. And the lady did not say, my pleasure. And I was like, hmm, well, all right. And so I was driving back to work and I, there was a little conviction there because like how many other bad experiences have have I had with fast food? Like not only do you not get a you're welcome or my pleasure or have a nice day, you probably don't get what you asked for either. Um, your order's not right or somebody was rude or whatever, it took forever to get your food. The fast food wasn't fast at all. But it's like Chick-fil-A has set this standard that is, you know, that's the Lord's food. You know, closed on Sunday, nice all the time, super fast. And it's like the better things are the more that's expected of them. And I just want to talk about that as it applies to obedience. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I don't, it might have, I think it was a Mother's Day podcast. I'm not really sure, but it was, he mentioned us um, counting to three to get our kids to do something, you know, don't make me count to three or I'm going to come over there. And he said, you know, we really shouldn't do that because all that's doing is giving our kids permission to do whatever they want to do for the next two and a half seconds, which is so true. Um, My kids don't care if I count to 10, they're going to take off running until I catch them. Um, But I had never thought about that in terms of our obedience. He said that God's not going to count to three for you. And I kind of sat there and I was like, whoa, um, that 
if you think about immediate obedience to God in ourselves and how he doesn't want to sit up there and just wait and wait and wait on us, um, it, it's just, that was so powerful to me. And I, you know, I started talking to one of my friends about what it means to be obedient. And she said, what do you think it means to be truly obedient to God? And I said, I think it means different things in different seasons. Uh, obedience is obedience is obedience. But there are times where God requires us to stand up, but more often than not, we're actually intended to to lay down. God is constantly calling us to a humble obedience. A um, you know, the last one is first kind of obedience, and I feel like that kind of obedience is harder for us because it's easy to identify when God is wanting us to make a stand. It's not always easy to make the stand, but we can at least acknowledge that this is what I'm supposed to do. This is obvious. But Scripture says, whosoever should follow me should deny himself daily, pick up his cross and follow me. Denying yourself is laying yourself down, um, your plans, your ambitions, your it's wanting you to completely realign your life with what God has intended and purposed you for, which is ultimately better for us. But we can't see past what's right in front of us and the plans that we've made for ourselves. So it is so hard as a selfish people to lay ourselves down versus standing up for the the good things that we think are more stoic or heroic type, yeah, I'm going to do this no matter what um, situations. We want the things that God has for us, the good things, but our obedience is off and our waiting um, is bad. I want to read this um, scripture in Matthew 8. It says, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross the other side of the lake. And then a teacher of the law came and said to him, teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. We claim with our mouths that we want to follow God, but our heart speaks something completely different. Sometimes it is, it comes at a great cost to really fully devote yourself to God, and it doesn't guarantee any earthly reward. It is so typical for God to call us to something and us ask for more time. Let me get this or do this or I'm not ready because 
so-and-so or such-and-such, and and God's not going to count to three. He asked us to do something now. This guy just wanted to bury his dad, and Jesus was like, I ain't worried about your dad. Let, Let somebody else bury him. We've got work to do now, and there are so many things that we feel like need our immediate attention or things that we feel like we shouldn't have to give up. And there's so much more purpose packed in the plan that God has for us. But like we said earlier, we can't get past what we want. Um, Our mouths say, oh, I'm a Christian. But the way we um, steward our obedience and our weight really reveals in ourselves what our heart speaks if we can humble ourselves to be honest with us. If I can be honest with myself about where my heart is, it reveals so much more to me about things that I need to work on. It says that Jesus did not even have a place to lay his head. But we are are rotten. (laughs) We get so bent out of shape about having to spend uh, extra, not planned amount of money, money that that you've got, you just don't want to spend. Um, and Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head. Um, we get two weeks into reading our Bible and saying our prayers and nothing's changed. And so we just move on. And that is what's so bad about having an emotional response to um a women's conference or a particular sermon or a particular podcast that really sets in your heart and just sets you on fire for God. And so you tear up your Bible and you say your prayers and things are good until they're not. Like you're on fire for God for two weeks and when God hasn't showed up, then then you're done. But Christianity is based off of faithfulness and belief in God and we've got it twisted. We feel like faithfulness brings forth blessings, and it does, but blessings do not always mean more money or more fancy opportunities or the better job. And it's hard to be faithful when everything is so shiny. Like, God has taught me so much in the last two years of my life, and they have been the absolute, hands down, no question about it, hardest two years of my life. But they have also been two of the best because of just how faithful and how good God is, even when things are not good. But if things are going perfect and your bills are paid and your checking account looks good and your kids are well, you and your husband aren't arguing and fighting and your house is clean, the laundry's folding itself, you love your job, and it's always been that way, why would you have any reason to believe that it won't always be that way. Like, where is the faith in that? Where it's easy to trust God when things are going good, but it is true to trust God when they are not. Like, that is where your heart really wraps into the character of God. Think about 
what that looks like. What is there to be, to have faith about if everything looks good? So let's talk about when it doesn't. Um, I come back to this scripture a lot. It is Hebrews 12. We're going to start in verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardships as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as though they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It's so clear in scripture to me. Um, I had a complete backwards idea of what it meant (laughs) for God to bless me. We assume that because God is great, that life should be great. And when it's not, that it's God that hadn't been faithful. And I now, looking back, I'm like, how is that even a thing? Show me in the Bible where God has not been faithful to His people. When has He broke a promise? But then you go back and look in the Scripture, and you can tell me over and over how far He has gone to keep His promise. Like, everything God is so faithful, and we misinterpret what discipline is. We look at it as this is not fair, or what kind of God would put somebody through this. And it's crazy to me, all the things that I've gone through um, in my childhood and in my first marriage and my divorce, the things that surrounded that, you know, a house fire, all of those things, I was like, what, what, why? And it is so apparent to me now that I have gone through all of those seasons and had all of those things happen to me because God had a plan. Um, and I made decisions that were not in God's will, but He used those decisions to help me be relatable to the people that are 
hurting. God is not a bad God. And so this is kind of where um, I want to tie up. God is not going to count to three for you. He's not going to count to three for me. When I'm in a painful season of obedience right now where God is really just asking me to completely lay myself down um, and just really trust that He is who He says He is and that He absolutely intends on what is best for me. And I know that He knows what is best for me. And so I have, to the best of my human ability, tried to walk that out and live that um, and do what He has asked of me. But I have not always said my pleasure. Um, Sometimes obedience is painful. It's easy for me to stand up and make a stand for God and blurt out how faithful He is and how good He is and how sovereign God is. But when it comes to laying myself down and some of the things that He has called and asked of me, um, I haven't loved it. And so where are you in your obedience? Are you the McDonald's drive through that have paid attention to the order and may or may not have slung the bag at the person that's picking it up, you know, just so you could get a paycheck on Friday, like just rolling through the motions, doing what I should do because I know what the scripture says, but gosh, this sucks here, have your burger, I hope I get my blessing, kind of obedience, or are you truly filling your heart with the Word of God, tearing up your Scripture, spending time in His Word, making Him a priority, and saying, my pleasure, when He asks something of you? Is it a giving kind of obedience and it might not be that you're obedient at all and and that sucks too I've been there um but there's so much for us in the things that he calls us to do and we always want the answers to our prayers but it's like we don't ever want to to be the answer and you don't know what the person on the other side is going through. And it's so important to walk out what God has called us to because it's crazy to me the details that He has tied everywhere. You know, we can only see what is in front of us because it's our life. It's personal to us. Um but there's so much more that crosses our path that's that's not about us at all. And that's the point in obedience is accepting that God is Lord, trusting that He is good, and just saying, wait, this is not about me at all. This doesn't have anything to do with me. Yes, sir, my pleasure. Um 
I hope that encourages you. I hope it convicts you. It certainly um, has done a work in my heart this week as I've been um, studying. If you have questions, concerns, um, any feedback, absolutely comment. Like I said, that boosts um, the progress, and we just want to bless as many people as we can that— um, that are eager to hear the word of God. So I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe and meet us here again, or head on over to Katie's website, messandmercy.com to find more encouragement like free devotionals, Bible studies, and the blog. Thank you for tuning in to the Mess and Mercy podcast. We hope to see you again.